You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. I'm Matt Gunn, joined today by Brian Nella. Hello, Brian. Hey, Matt. Today, I want to talk a little bit about finance. Of course, supply chain finance, but I want to frame this at first in a conversation of personal finance. I found it amazing in the last 10 years how we used to go from having to keep paper records and waiting on monthly statements from our banks or credit card providers to this world now where I can log into my banking site and at the touch of a couple buttons have a dashboard that shows me my entire financial life, whether it is credit, savings, debt, money that I have to spend and money that I already have spent to give me a more complete picture of my financial life to help me make better decisions about how I spend money or how I save it. And the revolution actually, you know, it it has made a big difference in my own financial lives and that of many others. How is this affecting, say, the larger world of business? So think about all of that data that surrounds your personal financing or all the data surrounding your personal lifestyle. There are fintech companies out there that are actually making use of that data. So they'll look at, let's say, your social media streams, look at other patterns of your lifestyle, and some of them are actually using that to make assessments to determine the likelihood of you paying or the likelihood of you defaulting on an upcoming payment. So you're seeing a shift away from that typical credit based lending that we've seen in the past. And what's interesting is that in some ways, these companies are able to have a better grasp of your likelihood of defaulting just based on those data streams. Right. Now, I'm no high roller, but say a large manufacturer, maybe someone making pharmaceuticals or automobiles or even fashion and apparel, they're spending millions and sometimes billions of dollars every year That must be a lot of data out there. Yep, and the same revolution is happening there on the commerce side. And, you know, in terms of the processes traditionally, it's paper-based. And in global trade, things like letters of credit or paper documentation being submitted, finance providers performing their due diligence, and the processes could take weeks. And the same concept, every node in a supply network has extreme amounts of data related directly to their business and their performance. Now, think of a supplier in a high-tech supply chain. There's data from the factories and all the parties that they're transacting with. There's data relating to how they're servicing their customers. There's just numerous forms of information that are out there. And all of that data gives a broader, more robust story than traditional forms of credit. Something you said there is pretty interesting, and it's the types of data that perhaps are being used now to determine, say, how likely a company is to make its payments or to be able to deliver. Yeah, so what's happening is, and where the future lies in supply chain financing, is that you have these supply networks where the buyer, the supplier, 3PLs and freight forwarders and finance providers are all connected. And within that platform, there's masses of of data. So if you're a small supplier, perhaps based in India, and you've been working with a large US-based brand, you may have a a seven, eight-year track history of performing and being compliant and shipping on time, yet just due to the size and locale, you might not qualify for access to capital or you might be paying extreme amount. So it's a huge challenge and a huge burden. And what 
this revolution does is it eliminates that whole dependency upon credit. The view of data surrounding that organization more accurately tells of the likelihood of you to fulfill on your obligation. So this data might look at past track histories of compliance, how you've worked with trading partners. All that data exists to kind of paint the picture of the type of company that you run. So the data becomes the foundation for enabling smaller suppliers to have access to capital that they haven't had before. And then this is something that can play out across every supply chain as long as there's access to that data surrounding the organization. A lot of businesses, it seems, are trying to become more ethical throughout their supply chain, whether it's through sourcing or whether it's through the manufacturing process. Having this type of supply chain financing, having this amount of transparency, is it opening up new opportunities to do better ethical financing as well? So yes, directly with supply chain financing, you have examples of finance providers that are willing to deliver access to capital at better rates based on some of the sustainability scores, responsible production scores that are being deployed by brands and retailers. And another direction, and this kind of ties into the whole data discussion, is that you have the Internet of Things, where there's sensors and different sources of data coming from your inventory, from your factories, from the ships that are delivering them. You're just going to have more and more access to data surrounding the movement of goods, the development of goods around the parties, and all of that data can play directly into supply chain financing decisions, also can play directly into overall supply chain decisions, and you can have better traceability to know exactly where your goods came from or where they've been, what facilities they've been in. So it opens up an even broader picture of visibility based on data across the supply chain. So if we have the technology to do it, I guess my question is, what are the barriers to entry? Why isn't everyone just lining up to change the way that they procure finance? You know, we talk about the Uberization of industries, right? And you're seeing it slowly emerge as different technologies come out, kind of reshaping, redefining how certain industries have to function. And supply chain finance is one of those areas. Most banks typically do not have the technical savvy or the infrastructure to deploy such solutions. And most likely, the most suitable route is to find a partner, an established network provider that has a track record of enabling buyers, suppliers, and finance providers to be connected on kind of a single hub with, again, that shared visibility that's so important. Interesting. So it seems, though, that through the network effect, and we see it in other aspects of supply chain, you're not only better able to work with your established partners, but you're able to work with a whole lot more than you were before. That's one of the interesting benefits of the network approach is that you have parties that often transact with each other that normally would never have found a way to connect previously. You know, the ability to plug into a network means that a finance provider based in Indiana here in the U.S., has no problem delivering financing to, let's say, uh, a string of suppliers out in Bangladesh. You know, they're able to plug right into the network. They can see the buyer, they can see the supplier, and they can see the data histories between the parties. So there's an entirely new field or a whole bunch of new opportunities that exist for companies to plug in and offer services. 
Great. Well, it sounds like the future is pretty bright in terms of supply chain finance. This has been another episode of Supply Chain Radio. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.